Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Hey, Mr. Blake, how's it going, Brosley, I should say? James Cox. I always, How you doing, man? I always forget to call you Brosley because you are That's Brosley, okay. but hell, I created it. Most I can people, call you, yeah, so. Well, most people forget to call me that. Um, that's It's a very new thing. Right. So I'll uh, I'll take it. I, I can't even remember who originally gave me that nickname. Oh, so I didn't do it? Um, no, I, There was somebody that used to call me Brosley. Okay. Probably and I what, cannot for the life of me remember who it was. Probably, but probably that person. Probably you know, like way back when, you know. Way back. Yeah. Uh, back when the the whole bro thing was really starting to take off. Yeah. Protein shakes, uh, grocery oh. shopping, things of this nature. Bro and then bros. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> brosly just kind of took off from there. So it fit. I don't know. It fit. You, you brought the, it that though. Yeah, I well, all about yeah. It. yeah there you go. Your friend does not get any royalties from it though. No, no royalties there. Whoever no, you were, who are, who are we? Oh, okay. So you don't know who he is? I don't. I don't even know. I, I can't remember. I remember. I just remember it being a thing a few years ago, and I totally forgot about it. And I was like, you know, that actually is a pretty cool nickname. Yeah. And then you brought it back, and I was like, yes, forgot all about that. Yeah, I'll take that's, it. That's true. That's true. So <laughs> we. This is what? What's today? Uh, Friday. Yes. This is Friday. Today's Friday. Uh huh. This uh-huh. episode releasing Monday. Yeah. So, happy Memorial Day. Uh, yeah. By the uh, way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yep. true. So um. Yeah, because uh, I know a lot of places are are letting letting people off for that day specifically. Um, I got a three day weekend. Yes, I, I can't even remember the last time I had a three day weekend. It's been a while. We where I work, we usually our holidays. If it falls on the weekend, we don't get any extra days off. So right, uh, you know, with the exception of like Christmas and things like that, it it's yeah. it's just, it it is what it is. So I'm very excited and thankful for a three day weekend. Yeah. and uh rest up a little bit it's been a very stressful week um stressful two weeks sorry and uh but you know all good uh recently got some ink as you can see here if you're watching on our youtube channel yeah because um, okay so you've got to explain that to me because i was like i don't know what it is I'm... <laughs> i know what Allie's was because because Allie's had like some kind of words but she yours... got a cinderella quote right uh, on her arm, right. uh, on her forearm. Right. I, right now, it looks like a big black X. Which, um, which I thought it was because I've. Uh, nope. They're drumsticks. Right now, okay. they look like a. Tomorrow, whenever I get the bandage taken off. Okay. Excuse me. When I get the bandage taken off. Right. Uh, you can see it a lot better. So, uh, really good. Did a really good job. Uh, got it here uh, at Outlaw Inc. in Sumter. Okay. Um, big shout out to Danny, uh, Danny. who did it. Uh, he's been doing mine. Or, or he did this one. He did uh, Allie's, and he's been doing all of Brian's. Um, so okay. Brian, I think, has eight now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Brian, Brian yeah. goes once a week and gets another one. So right. wow. uh, Brian's getting loaded up, and um, Danny's been doing all of his. So I went over there and told him what I wanted, and he knocked it out and um, did a great job. Very, very proud of it. Uh, it's just right now it's all the plasma and yeah. – gunk is like molded together so you can't really 
right. even see it, but uh, yeah. got it on my forearm, and it just looks like a big black X right now. So people are like, yeah, look, what does that mean? Yeah. I'm like, it's drumsticks. You just can't see it right now. Just bear with me. <laughs> it'll it'll show up right so yeah just stick with me and it'll 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 see yeah. do you see what i did ah, stick ah. with me because drummer puns are yeah. my thing um oh. anyway <laughs> stick with them <laughs> just stick with me guys stick with me stick with me yeah so can you insert like a little pooch? yes yes uh, I can. in yeah. there cool all right great yes so we got it yeah question for you <laughs> yeah okay so when you started dating ally could you pick yes. up? Okay, so who initiated what? Because I am very bad at picking up like vibes. Okay, so okay. all right, so let me tell you the story. Uh, yesterday, me and my friend Mark um, went to a sports authority, right? And, okay. And uh, we were walking around, and uh, this this one worker girl came over to me and says, "You know, hey, how you doing?" Uh, she mm-hmm. talked about we talked about the day and going on and what what we're doing afterwards, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was hitting on me or what, you know, because I'm I, mm-hmm. I'm very very bad at that. I'm, I can't judge that at all. So, hey man, I'm right there with you. Really? Okay, so yeah. I guess so. So Allie kind of pushed. For me all out. I know, Allie could just be really nice, and she just doesn't have the heart to tell me that she wasn't interested, and she just let this go on for three years now, four years. <laughs> See, my problem is I don't know if they're okay. So being in in her work environment, I don't know if she was kind of. Be nicer or curious because he's on a job, here. or if he's hey, how, how you doing, man? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'll tell you how me and Allie met. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think you saw my post recently that it was just the other day. It was like three years, three the years three ago. year, yeah, yeah anniversary yeah. of the day that I proposed. Right. Um, so I was living at a buddy's house, uh, and we had only recently become friends within the past like year and then he was looking for a roommate so i moved in with him but he was dating and was engaged to uh, a girl that i had been friends with for years um who knew ally in like grade school and then she knew my friend that i was uh rooming with uh in like high school right so i never met ally uh apparently we went to uh first we were in uh, we, we weren't in first grade together, but we went to the same school whenever I was in first grade and she was in second grade a right. uh, long time ago. But um, we were, I was living over there and um, my friend Rebecca, uh, she was like, um, you should talk to this girl named Allie that I, uh, I think she recently uh, broke up with her boyfriend. And uh, so you know, I looked her up on Facebook, sent her the old Facebook message. Um, the band I was in at the time was playing at the Iris Festival. Which is Fallen Statues? Uh, do what? Which Fallen Statues, fall- yes. Yeah. Fallen Statues was the band I was in. Uh, yes. We were playing at the Iris Festival and uh, like that next weekend. And I was like, hey, do you want to come out and see my mm-hmm. band play? And she was like, sure. And then we knew a lot of people just in the music seen i guess uh yeah. had a lot of common friends mutual friends and so she came out and uh we just kind of met kind of hit it off um started hanging out started dating shortly after uh and then a year later after she had joined fallen statues 
um, I proposed at the Iris Festival on stage. Right. Uh, right before the last song, I wanted to do it. Like I was, it was funny because, and it's on video somewhere. But I was like, yeah, just you know, before the last song, just do like a little, you know, thank you guys for coming out. You know, we're falling statues from right here in Sumter and yada, 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 doing that whole thing. And yeah. uh, this is our last song, whatever. So that was what was pitched to her. I was like, just get, just close us out. Like, you'll do you'll do fine. Little did she know that was my plan to like, as she's talking, get up from behind the drums, take the microphone out of her hand uh, and then propose. So what I did was she got up and I just I like walked up. And I took the microphone and she had no idea what I was doing. I took the microphone and I was like, hey. Sorry, I'm gonna let you finish in just a minute. And I was like, uh, and well, you know, I did the whole, what I did like, Kanye, didn't you? I, I pulled a Kanye. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> but, um, but I, on. I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, I met this girl a year ago today, um, standing right back there, uh, and then I proposed to her on stage, and she bawled, and then we had to do one more song, and uh, we actually did, did a Blitzkrieg Bop uh, nice. by the Ramones yeah. was our. Uh, our final song of the, of the set. So that was fun. And, uh, yeah, it was good, man. Now we've been married for going on three years. October will be three years. Nice. So, yeah. But really, you didn't have to pick up on anything. You were just set up. I just, so. it, it just kind of, it all like fell into place, I guess is the mm -hmm. best way to, to describe it. So cool. Um, that's good. You know, I mean, and that, that's how I like to operate with things. I, I you know, if it kind of, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't happen, I know it wasn't meant to happen. So yep. that's how I operate. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Let everything fall into place. Right. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So for our listeners, uh, welcome to this 93rd episode. Um, <sighs> Man, for, this crazy. Yeah. Uh, we started uh, in uh, February of 2020, I think, you know, yeah, we're so, we're coming up on a hundred episodes. We are. We got. We got we'll to do, do something really special. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so if you like this episode or our past episodes, please give us a uh, review and and uh, and rate it five stars if, yeah. if if it you know if you choose so to do it. Yes. But this please. time, Rosalie came up with the with the uh, with the suggestion for today. We are going to talk about bands who are from South Carolina. Because we are both from South Carolina. South Carolina. I got my Gamecock shirts on. Go Cox. Yeah. Uh, we're actually going to talk about the University of a, South Carolina a lot today, actually. So I don't have a Gamecock shirt, but I got Mr. Hendricks on. You got Mr. Hendricks. He was also, the, just kidding, he wasn't from South Carolina. It would have been cool. Um, you know, there there was a lot of people whenever I started doing the the research on this that were from South Carolina that I had no idea. And then there's some people when we get to it, y'all need to stop trying to make it seem like they were from South Carolina because they weren't. And oh, we'll, no. we'll, okay. you'll see what I'm talking about whenever we get there. It's like, okay. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh. Never mind. Well, we won't, we won't count that person anymore because now I know the real story. Right. Okay. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I was born, uh, here in, well, Okay. I grew up in Ashwood, South Carolina, which is about halfway between Sumter, where I currently live, and Bishopville, right? Um, which is about twenty minutes from Sumter. Hey, have, um, hey, have, have you ever seen the Lizard Man in Bishopville? Not in person, <laughs> but you heard about uh, it. 
but I've seen evidence of the lizard man, I guess, just living out there. I've heard all the stories. That's like a, for, for, for people who, who are, who are just tuning in, uh, that's like a folklore. Yeah. The local cryptid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, so we had Darren Marlar from Weird Darkness uh, on a few episodes back. About two years ago, he actually did an episode on the Lizard Man from, oh, from Bishopville, South Carolina. And uh, it was so cool because it was, he's talking about all these areas that I was familiar with. Yeah. And, you know, this is before I ever really got to know Darren. So it was just like blowing my mind. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I love, I love that South Carolina, even somewhere that is, is close because you talk about South Carolina, like mythical creatures or cryptids lizard man is like the first thing that comes up. And that's like right down the road from where I grew up. It blows my mind. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's a great, great, great restaurant in, uh, on the way to Bishop, like right after you cross the line, uh, the County line called harry and harry too and it's uh they got some great food uh been there multiple times and they have all this lizard man merchandise uh in fact the lizard man is on their big sign out front so you can't even miss it like if you're driving into bishopville right right where the line is there's a restaurant to your right and there's a big sign harry and harry too and it's uh and the lizard man (laughs) sitting right there it's so crazy (laughs) um but yeah, we've got that. Uh, South Carolina is really not l- known for a whole lot, I guess. Yeah. Uh, with the exception, well, see, I mean, if you're a college football fan, you know yeah. who Clemson University is. Uh, well, see, because I, I never grew up thing. in Sumter. I've always grown up. Well, well hell, I live everywhere because my dad's a retired r- retired colonel. Yeah. So I was born in Austin, Texas, and then we ended mm-hmm. up in in Sumter because that's where. My dad's family is from, so we yeah. They so is that where you consider yourself from, or do you do you consider yourself a Texas boy? Texas, born Texas. in Texas, always a Texan. Well, then uh, we need to do a Texas episode too. We do, we do, we do. So we but, will. But this time it's all about South Carolina. So oh, that is you, baby. So why don't we get started, man? Yeah, dude. Uh, let's uh let's kick it off. We know about a lot of the obvious ones. As we kind of get to these, uh, this it won't be that much of a shock to anybody, right? Um, but uh. This first band that we're going to talk about um, blew up, you know, almost 20 years ago now at this point uh, with the new metal scene as the new new metal scene was kind of dying back down and they kind of brought it back for a minute with uh, with their song Cold. But Crossfade, Mm. uh, you know, they did a a wonderful job of kind of closing out that big era for heavy music um but uh yeah so crossfade an american rock band formed in columbia south carolina um in uh, 1993 uh, before settling on the crossfade name in 2002 the band had previously existed under the names the nothing and sugar daddy superstar now there's a guy that i work with uh whose name is scott uh who doesn't work at my location but works for the same company i work for right um was filling in a few years ago at a at our Sumter location and um we were talking and he was like you know the band crossfade and i was like yeah and uh he's like you know back when i was in when i was in college i was really good friends with those guys and i was like no way that's really cool nice um he's like but they weren't always called crossfade and i was like oh interesting tell me all these details i I love i love useless like music knowledge hit me right 
but he was like they were actually called sugar daddy superstar and I was yep. like, that why did they not stick with that name that doesn't make sense because it's not it's not uh it's not marketable i guess they sound like a band full of pimps uh, with that name, but Sugar Daddy Superstar, yeah, it is, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so all I, I just envision them as a bunch of pimps playing like seventies, uh, like psychedelic music. So, but yeah, yeah, he was like Sugar Daddy Superstar, and he's like, in fact, I've probably got one of their old demos in my car right now. That's rare. And he did, yeah. He's yeah. got some of their old stuff, their yeah. demo tapes, and um, he was good friends with all those guys, and you know, played me some of their old stuff, and uh. You know, you can tell it's them, but it, it's really cool um, to know somebody who knew these guys personally. Yeah, absolutely. and um, yeah. but yeah, as of 2019, their current lineup in, uh, includes Ed Sloan on lead vocals and guitar, uh, Les Hall on lead on lead lead guitar, excuse me, keyboard and backing vocals, uh, Mitch James on backing vocals and bass, and then Ryan Yerndon, formerly of Puddle of Mud, might I add. Ooh. Um, on the drums yeah nice. uh since their formation crossfade has released three studio albums um their first self-titled album in 2004 uh falling away in 2006 and then we all bleed in 2011 so um everyone's very familiar with the the first uh crossfade album self-titled that's the one we were talking about blew up with uh their hit cold so in in february of 2005 their crossfade album uh, was certified gold by the RIAA and was later certified platinum in August of 2005 thanks to the single So Far Away, Colors, and of course, Cold. Just a mega smash hit. Um, and I, I sang that song in uh, one of our karaoke nights that we had at uh, at my house <laughs> um, like last week. Uh, I just couldn't resist. I was like, it's such a good song. I've got to sing it. Um, yeah, so uh, Crossfade, man, I, I I think they uh, – I was super proud to figure out that they were from South Carolina. Um, I remember watching a lot of Fuse and VH1 back in like 2004, a lot of the countdowns that they had on right. Green Day was big back then. Lincoln Park was still very big. And to see a band from South Carolina – being included in like the top 20 rock countdowns that they had on these shows um, and staying consistent. Like it was always in at least the top 10 and it's just something to be very proud of Yeah. Um, to, to know that these people came from right up the road, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, I saw them live at a new year's, new year's, new year's Eve concert. I call it. Yeah. I guess it was in 2005, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Crossfade album, like this release, Falling Away, was going to be released. Yeah. And uh, they were they were the headliner, so they I I forgot who they who they op- who who opened up for them, but they was like a big name too. Yeah. So, I mean that was a very fun day. So yeah. Yeah. Times. So. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of I've never had the pleasure of seeing them play live, um, but I always heard that they were a great live band. Yeah. And. uh yeah, just really cool to have a, a piece of South Carolina history just doing something as significant as uh, going platinum. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, another thing, learning about these all these groups and artists that we're talking about today, there's a lot of them that have had such huge accomplishments, um, and it's something to really be proud of. So 
to me, just thinking, oh, well, it's South Carolina. I mean, this isn't like California or New York or wherever where you hear, you always hear about these bands that come out of the, it's always the same states over and over and over again. But just to hear the accomplishments from people from right here, it's just really neat. Um, right. So, yeah. Cool. Um, well, I may have heard this, this next band. I'm not sure you're going to have to help me, help me out with this. Oh, I'll help you. I'll help okay. you remember. Okay, good. Uh, so this is Sequoia Prep School. Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh oh, oh, okay. So, so, okay. And Susto yeah. or just also known as um and Susto. So uh, one thing that we're also going to talk about is there's a few of these bands that have either broken off and done solo projects or they've had bands that kind of branched out from their original formation and turned into different bands. Okay. Uh, in this case, it went from Sequoia prep school uh, just, and then they dropped the prep school part and it was just Sequoia. And then the band broke up and then the lead singer started a new band. Susto. Oh, okay. Perp. Yes. Asking you get in or oh, like that. I like gotcha. That. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. okay so, so Sequoia prep school is a five piece band based out of Florence, South Carolina. That's right up the street for me. Florence. Yeah. Florence, man. So it's members includes Justin Osborne, uh, Harrison Boyd, West Jones, Jordan Hicks, uh, and Joel Ivy, and Johnny Matthews. Yes, mm-hmm. the band has a unique style that has influence from folk, rock, and alternative musicians. The band has released four albums, including "Will We Say Hello" and "Ghost Town." Mm-hmm. Ghost Town is their most popular release, selling over 20,000 copies in their first year. Uh, and the band got started in 2003 and have continued to produce until their most recent release in 2011, called Spells. Mm. The two most popular songs that the band has produced have been, uh, been About Rain and Hurricane. That's two weather songs. That's yeah, pretty, that's pretty weird. <laughs> They're all a band of meteorologists. Yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so as these, uh, as these songs have accumulated more than eight hundred thousand plays on MySpace alone, uh, the band was declared the number one unsigned band in South Carolina in two in two thousand five by the online music in- industry. Yeah. Uh, Sequoia Prep School went on an eight-month break in 2010. Uh, during this time, their band looked back on life as in and said that uh, they have now entered the darkness and no longer can return. Mm. And have been... Whatever that means. Right. And have been uh, dissociated themselves with the music produced when they were called Sequoia Prep School. It's weird. Yeah, I'm not really sure what all that was about, and we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So after the name change and the release of their farm tapes in 2013, Lee singer Justin Osborne began working on his side project, Susto. Susto officially began in 2014 with the release of their self-titled album on their record label, Hearts and Plugs. Susto released their second album. Uh, entitled I'm Fine Today on Acid Boys and Missing Place Missing Peace Records. The third album, Ever Since I Lost My Mind, 
was released on February twenty second, twenty nineteen, on Road on Rounder Records. Yeah, so um, I was late to the game with Sequoia Prep School, uh, and here's why. Okay. <laughs> so I was aware of Sequoia Prep School way back in the day, um, in uh, around 2005, because I remember that 2005 is the year that I made my MySpace account, um, and Sequoia Prep School in this area was very popular on MySpace, as we mentioned before. That was kind of like that was kind of like um um undead Hollywood undead. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. very much so. A Sequoia Prep School made their break, had their break on MySpace. Ooh, it would right. had it not been for MySpace, I don't think they would have been as popular as they were. Right now, there's a lot of people outside of South Carolina who probably never heard of Sequoia Prep School, but they're probably more familiar with Susto. Um, just because Suso kind of broke into the mainstream a little bit more than Sequoia ever did. Yeah. Um, but it was a very underground, uh, popular thing amongst uh, high schoolers, I guess. Yeah, it, high school age um, that they became very popular with. In this case, in 2005, I would have been in like seventh, eighth grade, something like that. Right. Um, so, you know, it was popular, but the the only song that I knew by them was about rain. And so, you know, that's the only song I'm familiar with is I hope you like dancing in the rain. And I was like, eh, it's, no, right, yeah, I guess yeah. it's chi, yeah. but it's not my thing. Right. So I just never gave him a chance. Right. Um, I was also like at that time going through like my heavy metal phase. Like yeah. I was just yeah. very much into anything that was loud, fast, heavy, screaming, whatever. And, just wasn't wasn't interested. Um, it wasn't until probably around 2014, um, girl I was dating at the time really got me into Sequoia Prep School because I, we saw them live. They did like an acoustic reunion, um, and I was like, "Wow, they have a lot of good songs." I had no idea, and then I just dove headfirst into into the band, yeah everything that they had anything yeah. I can get my hands on because I realized, man, I can't believe I missed out on this band. Right. So I went back and listened to all of, uh, weights are heavy on, re on repeat, even about rain yeah. as corny and cheesy as that song sounds. I was like, I finally get it now. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, ghost town, like, a, like in the note says that's their most popular release. And right. it is amazing. There's a lot of great songs. In fact, one of the songs that was played at Allie and I's wedding was from Ghost Town. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, we had some friends that played a. Oh man, I can't remember the name of the song. Bear me one second. Um, but we had some friends from uh, the church we were going to at that time. Right. Um, well, that uh, we had sing uh, "Live Forever." That's the name okay. of the song. "Live Forever" from the from the Ghost Town album. Um, but that was their most popular release. But the, the other thing in the notes here that says their two most popular songs, uh, about rain and hurricane is not even from the ghost town album. So about rain was on weights are heavy okay. and hurricane was on. And we said, hello, right. which we said, hello is also just front to back. Every song I cannot get enough of. Okay. Uh, and I kick myself. Yeah. Oh man. We said hello, and uh, 
um, in Ghost Town, every single song is so good. And I always said this band would have been so popular in the 90s. Oh, yeah, right, right. If, if they had just started a decade earlier, they would have been so popular because they they fit in so well with the uh, Matchbox. I always said they sounded like Matchbox 20. Right. They had a lot of Goo Goo Dolls things going on, and it's just, oh, man. Yeah. I, I hate that they... They, they get together for reunions every yeah, now and then, yeah. but you know it. I, I hate that the band is no longer around. Yeah. Farm tapes was good. There was still some good songs on that. Uh, um, what's the other album we talked about in there? Spells. Spells had some good stuff on it as well. But just I and I'm not a big Susto fan. I'm sorry. Hmm. I'm just not. <laughs> and maybe ten years from now, I'll look back on this episode that I'm we saying, just did, and man, I'll be like, man. "You idiot! Yeah. You you, you yeah. idiot! You missed Susto too, and now they're no longer." <laughs> Well, no, um, that's, that's their thing now. So, well, did they have four albums like we just said? Weights are heavy, heavy, which released in 20, 2005. I always say that for some reason. 2005. 2005. Ghost Town in 2008. And uh, we said hello in the same year, 2008. Yeah, two uh, albums in one year. They were busy that year, you know? Yeah, they were. And then the last album, The Farm Tapes, which released in 2013. So out of all of those albums, which album would you... Um, and also Spells in 2011. I forgot to throw okay. that in the notes okay. there. 2011, okay, so had, yeah. So it had uh, five albums? Yeah, five albums. Okay. So, which has a song on it called Jerusalem that is amazing. Um, and there's also like... There's a follow-up to About Rain. It's called About Rain 2, not T-W-O-T-O-O. Right. Uh, so... Yeah. Um, so with yeah. with those albums, which one would you would you tell a, a like a beginner listener of them to, to mm. start out first with? Because mm. according Ghost to you, Town. they're both they're all great albums. According to you, Ghost Town. Okay, Perfect. I'd say go listen to Ghost Town first. Okay, mainly because Ghost Town is the well is the one that I believe Super is the well-known. most yeah. well produced. Well, okay. it produced. Okay, sound wise, it's it's the the better of all of their albums. <laughs> now, right. yes, this band was still recording music in South Carolina. Some of the recordings sound like they could have been demo tapes, but that's the actual album. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the production quality is not the best compared to what was around at that time. Right. Ghost Town is definitely the well, the most well-produced album. Um, but if you can grow, if you can listen to those songs and you can appreciate them and you like them, um, diving back into We Said Hello even though the production quality may not be the best, the songs are great. Mm, right, uh, very oh, yeah. catchy. The lyrics are very deep. Um, and then if you want to jump back even further and get nostalgic with your, hope you like dancing in the rain. Um, <laughs> there's some other good songs on weights are heavy. Uh, and there is, there is one song by them and I cannot anywhere find what the name of that song was. And I can't even, sing it for you right now because I can't remember it, but I remember hearing it a few years ago and thinking, good Lord, this is such a great song. Why can't I find it anywhere? I can't find it on Spotify, Apple music, anything. I think I was able to find it on YouTube like once, but now I just don't even know where I'd begin to look. It might have been the Mandela effect. It could have been. Aliens, man. (laughs) Aliens, right? Aliens are making us forget things and they're messing with the timelines and it's just we i still think it's berenstain berenstain yeah it's berenstain bears yeah not berenstain bears right oh my god that's so good yeah 
Hartsville, South Carolina. Can you tell us the great band from Hartsville? Oh, dude, I because I love this band. I'd love death. to. Yeah. You thought I rambled before. Wait till we start talking about this band. <laughs> oh no! Good God! Yeah. All right, so little a little old band by the name of Sent by Ravens from Hartsville, South Carolina. Mm. Uh, great band. And this band did great. a lot of. This is a fun time in my life. Oh. I just want to. I want to preface this. The band we're about to talk about was from a very very fun time in uh, a cherished time frame of my past that I will always look back on and just be like, dude, those two or three years, I, I'll never get them back. Right. But, it, you know, it was fun. I'll always reflect on how much how much of a great time I had. Um, Express that a little bit with Casey when we had Casey Allen right. on the show yeah. um, because he was in Embracing Goodbye who did a lot of touring with Sent by Ravens and, and they he, were all part he, of that. And then he, he, he started a heart mouth heart mouth yep please yeah. go check out heart mouth oh, yeah, i think they just put do. out a new song the other day yeah and it's great yeah. um but yeah so simba ravens was a christian post hardcore band uh from hartsville south carolina um their debut ep was released in 2007 um and they have since released a following ep which frustratingly cannot be found on the internet for some reason hmm. uh and it's some of the best music i've ever heard in my entire life it's only yeah. six songs but you can't find it anywhere on a Spotify uh, we, or Apple Music. Not on any of those. Mm. If I still had the physical copy of it um, somewhere at my mom's house, then I would at least have something. But I just yeah. you can't find it digitally for some reason. Mm. If we ever get one of the guys that oh, used yeah. to be in Sent by Ravens on the show, I'll definitely have to ask. Him, like, dude, I've got I got to get a copy. Where where can I find? It? Send it to me, please. <laughs> please God, yeah, just send yeah. it to me. Right. I've got to hear the original version of Trailers versus Tornadoes, or I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Um. So sorry. Um, <laughs> He's not lying. So, yeah. He'll, he'll actually my, lose I'm, his I'm mind. getting heated. I'm a little heated right now. <laughs> um. So they have since released, like I said, a following EP, uh, and then two full length albums. Uh, they're uh, they take their name from First Kings seventeen six, uh, a verse that references Elijah, um, receiving bread and meat from ravens while in the wilderness. Always thought they had a cool band name, Sent by Ravens. That's just, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so St. Ravens was formed in January of 2006 by Jamie Wyndham uh, on the bass originally, Andy O'Neill on guitar, Zach Reiner on vocals. Um, this is really cool. In August of 2007, while searching for a drummer, uh, Wyndham found Dane Anderson through a video that he posted of himself playing drums on YouTube, um, which now that's not so strange. Right. That actually happens a good bit. Right. 2007, that was very odd and very unheard of um so uh anderson in turn recommended his friend uh james jj leonard uh as a second guitarist he was kind of like i'm only gonna do it if he can be if he can be in the band it's one of those deals it's a package deal you want me you gotta add him right um so the group released two eps in 2007 and two and 2008 independently in August of 2009, the band signed to Tooth and Nail Records. A band from Hearts, excuse me, Hartsville, South Carolina, signed to Tooth and Nail Records. That is so crazy because they're, you know, they were they were the leaders of the charge when it came to Christian hardcore music, yeah. metalcore, Christcore, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, like they, Under Oath, Norma Jean, yeah. all these bands yeah. were were huge Tooth and Nail. Uh, August Burns Red, all these guys were coming from from Tooth and Nail. 
Um, by the way, Jake Lures from uh, I, I don't have him in my notes, but the singer of August Burns Red, also from South, uh, Columbia, South Carolina. So give him up. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, Tooth and Nail Records. Uh, in on on which they released their uh, debut studio album, Our Graceful Words, uh, in April of 2010. Now the album charted at number 35 on the Billboard Top uh, Heat Seekers, and in support of the new album. Uh, sent by Ravens tour with artists like Papa Roach, Nonpoint, who we've had on the show here, um, and Emory, which we'll get to shortly here, of another band from South Carolina. Okay. Um, so on February 28th, 2012, the band released their second studio album, Mean What You Say. Uh, since their hiatus began on August 1st of 2012, several members of the band uh, have joined, slashed, formed uh, new, new bands um, in October of 2012. Uh, Reiner, Zach Reiner, the lead singer, and uh, JJ Leonard uh, announced that they had formed a punk rock band called Bad Talk, uh, which they would be pursuing full time. Bad Talk was one of the best punk bands I've ever heard in my entire life. I kid you not. Mm-hmm. Another frustrating wait, piece wait, because wait, wait, you cannot find their stuff wait, anywhere. Better than the Misfits? Not better than the Misfits. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I would put Bad Talk oh, definitely my in my top ten. Right, great. You almost, you almost, you almost broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit of a. No, yeah. man, Bad Talk was amazing, and I can't find any of their stuff. Yeah. I, it, this was another like MySpace thing. You had to find it on MySpace, or you had to find it on YouTube, which it may still be on YouTube. Right. But oh, dude, so many good songs, and I think it was JJ playing drums if i'm not mistaken i don't think he played guitar i think he was playing drums on that and then um but anyway um they have recorded uh two demos which can be found on the band's facebook page and then in uh, december of 2012 we're all liars which was uh off the mean what you say album uh was named the number one song uh of 2012 on tv used 10 most wanted countdown okay um very impressive yeah um on February thirteenth of twenty eighteen, alongside former uh, SBR bassist Jamie w- uh, Wyndham, who left band and then um, stayed in touch and was joining was in other bands that toured with Sent by Ravens and Embracing Goodbye and all those guys. Right. Yeah. Um, Jamie Wyndham joined forces again with Zach Reiner. They formed another band called Brave Future, which is like their current uh, project, um, and they released their uh, their lead single down here. And then on April 2nd of 2018, a second single called Brave Future on Spotify that you can listen to. And if you're a fan of what Sent by Ravens sounded like, you won't be disappointed with Brave Future. They, they're they really good. Yeah. Um, I wish Bad Talk would come back, though. There was also another project that they did, and I can't remember what the name of the band was, but it, they only did one song that they released. Um, they if I remember correctly, I think they did like a hybrid. It was some member, it was like a super group, some members from sent by Raven, some members from set apart, which is another great, uh, post hardcore Christian band from Georgia, um, that did a lot of touring with those guys. Uh, and it had fire in the name, but I can't remember what the name of the band was. They only did one song again. It was a YouTube MySpace thing. You can't find it anywhere. Um, so here I am just talking about all this music that you guys can't even go listen to. So you're welcome. Wonderful. Man. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> just, just such a, a fun time just because it was discovering all this music that nobody heard of unless you were deep into the scene. Right. 
and, um, and on MySpace. And, and on MySpace, like, yeah. and you were all over YouTube listening to music, and you, you know, dug it deep into Facebook trying to find stuff. It wasn't as easily accessible yet. Music hadn't quite gotten to that point yet. Right. Um, you know, you had, you had LimeWire, but that was like, unless you wanted to destroy the family computer, uh, <laughs> it was very hit or miss. Um, Spotify was kind of getting started back then, uh, but not a lot of people understood what it was. Right. Now we're like, oh, it makes perfect sense. But back then it was kind of like, you want me to what? Right. <laughs> Follow <laughs> the band Follow and like what? the yeah. download, whatever. Yeah. So it made more sense to illegally buy it or illegally download it off the internet and then store it onto your. I call it. Uh, I call it borrowing. We don't call it bar, illegal. I borrowed it from the internet. Yeah, borrowed it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was just because you you would keep you'd follow these bands on their Twitter and their Facebook and everything, um, and you would find out about when they were playing shows and they would sometimes be at just the church that was right up the street yeah. and you go to the church and then, you know, uh, one time I saw sent by Ravens, um, embracing goodbye and a band called my brother's keeper who were also from South Carolina, I believe, I think from Anderson, well, I don't have them in the notes here, but I think they're, they might still be around. You can go check them out. Um, my brother's keeper, but, uh, they were playing at this church and they, were so loud that the power kept going out. Like they oh. were just, there was so much, they were blasting so much. And uh, when we had Casey on, I asked him about it. I was like, do you remember the show in South Carolina when you guys kept blowing the power out? And he was like, oh yeah, <laughs> Thank you. that was a great show, yeah, man. Yeah. I got to see Sent by Raven six times. I got to see Embracing Goodbye three times um, that they opened for him. And uh, just such a fun, fun time, man. Just the underground scene only a handful of your friends were really familiar with it. And then like to, to see them accomplish something like signing to tooth and nail That's a big was deal. just such a, a big deal. And you were so proud of them. And you're like, God, these guys are from like 30 minutes up the road. Right. Um, and in fact, what surprised me is they were only released four albums. That's it. Yeah. And they're great. All of it is so good. Um, and then you would like, hear about uh, people from different countries or either even on the other side of your own country who were fans of these guys and you're like yeah they're like I, they're like right up here yeah, I, yeah. like we like, i could drive there right now and show you where they're at yeah um in fact i have a i have some family that lives in hartsville and they're actually familiar they still see uh andy mm. who played guitar in set my ravens they okay. see him a, a good bit that's around they've all kind of spread out i believe they've moved off to different areas um Casey could probably tell you better than I could about where they're all. Even Travis, I think Travis was actually friends with some of these guys. But um, I think he was friends with the, with the singer, right? Cause I, yeah, cause definitely. I remember, yeah, Travis, yeah. Travis, and Zach were definitely Zach, uh, yeah. friends. I think uh, JJ. I think Travis used to work out with him at the gym or something like that. Right. Travis, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just you know, really cool, nice guys. Um. I didn't like know them as well, I guess you'd say as the embracing goodbye fellas, but right. Um, yeah, just cool. Good times, man. So just to reiterate the albums, it's, it's my Raven EP released in 2007. That one you can find that is on Spotify right now. You can go listen to that. Cool. However, how the effects of fashion and prayer EP is not anywhere to be found. 
No, but, but it came out into what, you can, in, in, do, in what you can do is you can watch the music video for Trailers versus Tornadoes on YouTube. That is how the song was originally supposed to sound. That was the that was the EP version. They it was a popular release. They re-recorded it for um the album, right? For the for our graceful words. Right, which is the third one came out in which 2010. Is the, yeah, right. Their first full length. Right. And it was not as good because they changed up the arrangement and were more more or less told that they had to. And oh, it just okay. wasn't as good. Right. So uh, and their last album to date is Mean What You See, and it came out in 2012. Which also features another song from the <laughs> Effects of Fashion and Prayer EP that had to be re-recorded uh, called The Best in Me. That was, it was still good. It was okay. But you just, <laughs> I, I love the EP version right. a lot better. Well, you weren't lying to me. You said you had a lot of stuff to say about this man. But this man I is so great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you need to take a break, man. So. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna take another sip of water here. There you I'm go. So, I'm just so, so winded, winded right, now. Yeah. So, the next band from South Carolina is it's Emory, and I know I you could talk- go on about Emory for days too. <laughs> Wait, you want to take this one? Let me see who the next band is. Yeah, let me let me take this one. I'll let you okay. take the next one. Okay. Um, so yeah, Emory, uh, an American post hardcore band, uh, from Seattle, Washington. Now, listen, you're going to be like, Blake, I thought you said the episode was all about people from South Carolina. <laughs> okay. The band, yes, the band does claim to be from Seattle, Washington. However, and they're currently signed to Bad Christian Music. We'll talk about Bad Christian in just a minute. Okay. Emory was founded in Rock Hill, South Carolina, um, by Toby Morell. There, uh, excuse me, Devin Shelton, Matt Carter, Josh Head, Joel Green, and Seth Studley, and moved to Seattle in order to reach a more music-centered scene. If they, in fact, if you listen to the Bad Christian podcast and the labeled podcast that uh, Toby Morell and Matt Carter do, and then Matt Carter does the labeled podcast, um, right, which talks a lot about those tooth and nail bands because they were they were also tooth and nail. Um, they talk about them leaving South Carolina, right. On September 11th, 2001. Oh, no. So that's the day they were leaving South Carolina to officially move to Seattle to get started with their music careers. And they said that they were actually leaving and stopped at a Cracker Barrel somewhere halfway uh, and had no idea about what was going on. So like people were like zoomed in on the TV, just watching all this stuff. And they just were sitting at the Cracker Barrel, just eating like nothing. Like they didn't even know what was going on because they were in the process of just upping everything that they knew right. in Rock Hill and decided to move to Seattle. Yeah. Well, see, and, I, don't, I don't think Cracker Barrel has the TVs you can watch. Well, yeah, like they're, they're every... I mean, they, I mean, I, I, you know, I... I Obviously, they couldn't have known because there were no TVs around them to actually, you know. Yeah, and, just like they, they had no idea what was going on. And if um, you're going to get so, signed, you might as well go to the second most famous famous state there is, is uh, Seattle, Washington, because yeah. the first one oh, is yeah. Nashville. Back in the day, man, the side, yeah. you almost had yeah. to. You you couldn't you couldn't make it hardly. There's yeah. very, very few success stories, and we'll get to the, the biggest success story later on from South Carolina, but yeah, cause I think that's where, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that's where grunge started is Seattle. Washington, Seattle. Right? Yeah. yeah. Seattle was yeah. the, the, the yeah. grunge scene. Right. Right. For, for sure. 
So they did, they did get to friend themselves, you know, by, by, yeah. by moving up there. For sure. Um, before signing with Tooth & Nail Records, Emery recorded two EPs, uh, the Columbus EEPV, yeah, uh, and the Week's End demo, which was, you know, the Week's End was their first release, uh, that, used, that they used to attract attention from labels. With Tooth & Nail, they have recorded five studio albums and two EPs. The Week's End, their debut album, whew, such a bop. Um, was released in 2004, followed by The Question, also a bop, uh, in 2005, and then I'm Only a Man in 2007. If you listen to the labeled podcast, they talk about uh, I'm Only a Man and the uh, how Toby Morell was having this, like, so Christian, uh, they're they're known as a Christian band, too. They're a Christian right. post-hardcore band. Yeah. So Toby Morell um, talked about how, like, he had this experience where God told him that I'm only a man is going to be their, their breakout album. This is going to be the album. It's anointed. You're going to go out here and you're going to change lives with this album that you guys are putting out. And it flopped like big time. It was not a success. It was not what tooth and nail thought it was going to be. They had poured all this money into it, hoping that it was going to be this thing. They sent him out to this farmhouse to record the album and uh sent him out there for like two months or something like that and it just flopped mm. and now it's like a cult classic like right. i love i'm only a man there's so many good songs on there but yeah. like at the time no dice man was not any good um but anyway uh the latter fulfilled emily emory's contact excuse me I'm going to start that sentence over there. Uh, The latter fulfilled Emery's contract uh, with Tooth & Nail. However, the band re-signed with the label and released In Shallow Seas We Sail, another good one, um, on June 2nd of 2009, and We Do What We Want uh, on March 29th of 2011, um, which is probably my favorite Emery album. Yeah. We Do What We Want. It's great. Um, After signing with Bad Christian Music, which is the label that they started, um, the band released You Were Never Alone on May 19th of 2015 and then Eve on November 9th of 2018. Uh, in, on June 5th of 2020, Emery released their eighth album, White Lime Fever. Uh, the band has stated on social media that the album's themes are built heavily around the terrorist attacks of, of September 11th, 2001 um, and where the, band was, where the band was during the occurrence of the events as they had just left their hometown. Like I said, they had just left their hometown and departed for Seattle day of right so very common theme with all their albums that's kind of where their headspace was i guess um so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the christian side of emory just real quick because it is a very important part of their makeup and their uh as a band and as a you know podcast as a label as everything else so Toby Morrell, Matt Carter, and their friend, uh, pastor and former Emory bassist, uh, Joey Svensson, used to run a blog called Unlearning, uh, where they wrote about moral and religious issues. The intent was usually uh, to hold open discussions about sensitive topics um, while getting a variety of different viewpoints, which is kind of like what me and Brian were doing with Not Religious. That was following along the same lines. Right. Um, you know, Christian, atheist, etc., stuff like that. Um, in 2013, Unlearning was rebooted as Bad Christian. Uh, in addition to being a blog, Bad Christian also serves as a podcast, great podcast, uh, where the three hosts, 
Joey Svensson is no longer on the the show, but Matt and Toby still do it. Yeah. Um, and they've had guests uh, such as Under Oath, Norma Jean, uh, Thrice. They've had uh, Zach Greiner oh. from Sent by Ravens on the show. Um, Bad Christian also serves as the band's own labeled uh, own label uh, titled BC Music. Uh, the label roster includes Emery, Matt and Toby, which is Matt Carter and Toby Morell's acoustic solo project. Right. Um, the Classic Crime, Vocal Few, King's Kaleidoscope, Abandoned Kansas, Pacific Gold, um, Zach Boland of Citizens and Saints, and House of Heroes. All wonderful bands. Uh, in 2014, Bad Christian published books, uh, uh, the books Bad Christian, Great Savior, which I have read. It's great. Um, and The M Word, which I have not read yet. And uh, I'd like to, though. Nice. Um, so they they've done all these things not only as a band and they've become such a popular band in that music scene that post hardcore scene where everybody from Under Oath to Norma Jean to anybody that was involved with that uh, that scene at that time has acknowledged them as being this wonderful band that just kind of kept going they just kept chugging they never broke up pretty much kept kept the same lineup um, and just kind of friends with everybody. Yeah. Uh, and the, because they were different, man, they were a Christian band that wasn't, uh, judgmental. Um, in fact, they still hold the title as a Christian band where a lot of bands, uh, kind of dropped that. In fact, if you want to listen to a whole episode on that. Yeah. Cause I think you told me that, uh, um, I don't, which, which band wasn't that, uh, that's not Christian anymore. Under out. Oath. Under Oath, yes. Yeah, Under Oath yes. dropped it. They, right. they don't want to be called. There's a lot of bands that, that, did that devil wears Prada was another band that right, yeah. was a Christian band that no longer wants that title just because of what the word Christian means now and how it's such a negative thing. Right. Um, they identify as the post Christian, uh, title, you know? Right. Um, and uh, you know, we did a whole episode on that and for not on not religious. If you guys want to go check that out, yeah. it was all about the decline of, Christ core as it was called. Yeah. Um, That's funny. Christ core. Like, never, yeah. yeah. And it, it, you know, it, and we just talked about the, all these bands that were, you know, leading the charge and Christian heavy music and it just kind of got tainted and they were like, I'm done. I'm not going to carry this on anymore. But Emory never stopped, man. They just kept going. They kind of got their viewpoints out with bad Christian and all their multiple books and podcasts that they were doing, but they held that title and everybody just kind of respected that. And then to know that this band was from rock Hill, you know, they're all still rocking, uh, Clemson hats and stuff and talking trash about the, about right. the Gamecocks. <laughs> um, they still, you yeah. know, they're still South Carolina guys. Like they still love the state. I think, um, I think Toby Morrell moved back to Charleston from Seattle. Right. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're all from right around here and they've done a lot of great things and they continue to do a lot of great things. White line fever is their most recent release and it's still good. They're still doing, they're still going they still know how to write good songs. Yeah. yeah they, their sound kind of changed a little bit over the years, but like every band's does, but it still stays true. They still, they're still heavy. Um, they're still great live, uh, me and Allie have seen them live and then me and Brian have seen them live. Right. Uh, they opened for, uh, Hawthorne Heights. Oh, um, nice. that was actually the last show that I went to before COVID right. was, uh, Hawthorne Heights and Emory at the Senate. Um, 
we did the deluxe uh like vip package thing so we got to meet uh the band and they did an acoustic performance they played each other's songs uh, that was cool so yeah so need go cox go cox yeah <laughs> unless you're unless you're a clinton fan and then we don't want you here. and then whatever and then i'll and, whatever you and then, <laughs> with it, it's, it's funny because um because uh, my dad has a has has a picture right of a, of 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 two guys, an old guy and a young guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then above each one is is the same as as Clem, which is the old guy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Clem's son is the is son of him. It's like yeah. an old doofy guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'll, <laughs> I'll have to get him a picture of it and then send it you to mean you. Clem sucks. Clem, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that guy. No. My wife is a huge Clemson fan. I don't. I'm. I'm not that guy. Yeah. No, I don't. I hardly watch um, uh, college football. So, need to breathe. Yeah. So let's, oh, yeah. Let's talk about need to breathe, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, need to breathe, satellite says, need to breathe, all caps, no space. No space. No space. Nope. It's an American Christian rock band from Seneca. It's S-E-S-E-N. Seneca. Seneca. Yeah, Seneca. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've never heard of that place before. Yeah, I haven't either. Seneca, South Carolina, United States. Yep. Uh, the band is composed of uh, Bear, Reinhardt, lead vocals, guitar, and pianos. Mm-hmm. Seth Bolt, backing vocals and bass. And Josh Lovelace, backing vocals and keyboards. Mm-hmm. Today, they have released seven studio albums. Daylight in, 20, in, in 2006. 2006. <laughs> the Heat, <laughs> 2007. The Outsiders, 2009, and The Reckoning in 2011, uh, Rivers in the Wasteland, 2014, Hard Love in 2016, and Out of Body in 2020. They've been busy. They've been busy, man. They've been putting them out. Yeah. So Cranking them. Brothers, William Stanley, Bayer Reinhardt III, and, and Nathaniel Barrett, Bo Reinhardt, uh, were raised in Possum Kingdom, South Carolina. Have you ever heard of Possum Kingdom? Dude, that's another great band. Oh my god, I used to I used to jam that band so so hardcore. You know, that's uh um I forget uh what was that one song? Do um, you wanna die? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Make up your, up your mind. mind. Yeah. Yep. Toad I, King. Uh, the Toadies. Toad. Okay. Yeah. Toadies. Yeah. Yep. The song's called Possum King. Possum. Yes. Yep. I wonder if I wonder if they're from South Carolina. Continue. I'll look that up. Okay. Cool. So uh, the uh, the brothers started performing in Seneca uh, Seneca after moving there. Uh, the Reinhardt brothers grew up at a church camp uh, at their at their father who was a pastor. Ran, uh, the brothers first performed in front of a coffee house, a coffee house audiences at Furman University, where Bear, who was named after the University of Alabama, uh, coach Bear Bryant, and was a wide receiver. Rolled, I guess I don't know. Whatever. I mean, we're we're not going to get into college football right now. We're gonna, we're going to pass on that. Go Cox. So they're. Uh, Football coach Bear Bryant was a wide receiver for the for the Furman Pelicans football team, winning the 2002 Banks 
McFadden Trophy for South Carolina Football Player of the Year. After graduation, Bear Bo and Joe Stillwell joined with Seth Bolt releasing independent albums that were recorded in Bolt's uh, studio, Bolt's plantation studios. The name of the band is based on a Greek demonstrative uh, parable of Socrates related to seeking God. And Bo Reinhardt indicated that it, that it was better than other names that has been in the past, but, you know, that, that we're thought about. Yeah. So in 2001, the band independently released an limited song album, uh, The Feature, in 2003. Uh, they released a three-song EP, uh, Soul Rock Review, in 2004. Uh, they followed with the two four-song EPs, Fire and Turnaround. Uh, these brought the band to the attention of a lot of records owned by Universal Music Group, who signed them in 2005. So after signing with both Atlantic Records and Sparrow Records, the band went to the United Kingdom to record their first studio album, Daylight, with producers Andy Green, uh, and its first single, uh, You Are Here, previously released on the, on the Fire EP, in 2004, uh, was released early in 2006. Uh, just prior to their debut release, the band was featured on the cover of CCM Magazine, mm-hmm. an unpresented new artist endorsement by the National Publication. Daylight was released on April 4th, 2006. Mm-hmm. Following a series of cryptic hints posted on through social media, the band revealed on tw- on April 26, 2021, uh, that while they would be normally having to, that while they would normally been touring out of body, uh, the band has lived together and recorded recorded studio album into into the mystery over a period of 21 days. Additionally, the band announced that the album's title track "Into the Mis- Into the Misery Mystery" would be released on May 6, twenty twenty one, and the tour would follow the album's release. The band revealed tour guests the new respect on April twenty ninth and Switchfoot on April thirtieth. Oh man, you remember Switchfoot? I do. Yes, sir. I, the the only time I've ever seen Need to Breathe live, uh, Switchfoot also played yeah. <laughs> with them. Uh, they're they're good friends. Yeah, they're yeah. they're actually really really good friends. Yeah, yeah I bet that was I so, bet, uh, bet that was one cool show. show. Yeah. It was a good show. So on May fifth, it was announced that that a company in the film was would be chronicling the album's recording process would be released in mid twenty twenty one. The full track Pretty list, neat. huh? <laughs> Pretty neat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd love to watch. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. The full track list was revealed on May 18th as well as the same, uh, as well as the album release date on uh, July 30th, 20, uh, 2021. The second single from this album, I Want to Remember, featuring Kelly Underwood, was released on May 20th. Dude, they, cool. they have been busy. Yeah, and... um need to breathe is definitely one of the biggest artists i would say to come out of south carolina for sure 
um, not only in the Christian music scene, which they're very popular for. I mean, Brother uh, was all over Caleb, any type of Christian radio station. They they played the crap out of Brother. Right. Um, and uh, there's a version of that that actually features Gavin DeGraw that's pretty good too. Uh, I'd love to see. I, I've got like a I've got a soft spot for Gavin DeGraw. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got a lot of great songs. I'd love to see him live. But uh, yeah, so there's a there's a alternate version of that where that features him. But they just they have done so much just in like the the folk rock scene too. That was kind of like really popular like 10 years ago right um people were really getting into like the avid brothers but if you wanted something kind of like that but a little bit more polished then need to breathe was you know a, a good a good way to go yeah. um but they just they've done a great job of staying consistent with you know you hear them like you hear the beginnings of the song and you hear the guy to start starts singing like yeah. you you know who it is instantly oh, you yeah. know i love yeah. i love that i love when you can hear hear somebody's voice and you just know who it is guy's got a very uh bear he's got a very good distinctive voice um my probably my favorite song by need to breathe off the outsiders album is a girl a uh, girl named tennessee um it's really fun i think we featured it on our wedding playlist all right nice. um, it's really it's really fun uh and uh yeah cool so um so let me ask you this are yeah are are you a dancer mm, can you do the twist? weddings yeah i love it i can, love to dance at weddings it's you, like anywhere outside of a wedding it kind of feels weird right. but I, it's like i've got to hit the dance floor right. if i'm at somebody's wedding so can you do the twist of course i can All do right. the twist the reason of why i brought it up was well, i didn't even notice but chubby Sager, yeah. man Chubby Checker. Chubby Checker. I know. Right? I had no idea. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, Chubby Checker. Um, Chubby Checker, born Ernest Evans uh, on October 3rd of 1941, was an American rock and roll singer and dancer. He is widely known for popularizing many dance styles, including The Twist, uh, with his 1960 hit cover of Hank Ballard and the Midnight Riders R&B song, The Twist. Um, excuse me. And The Pony, uh, with the 1961 cover of the song Pony Time. However, uh, his best-known song uh, is the hit Let's Twist Again, released in the same year. He also popularized the 1962 song Limbo Rock, originally a previous year, um, uh, uh, excuse me, a previous year instrumental hit by the Champs, um, to whom he added lyrics, and it uh, trademarked uh, the Limbo Dance, as well as other dance styles, uh, such as the fly. Um, I'm not familiar here of how to do the fly. Maybe I need to learn that before my next wedding. Um, not like me getting not, married the next no, wedding. No, I right Excuse me. Let me uh, clarify. Uh, your alleys, yeah. wherever in the day, you know, there's no. Excuse me. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> in September of 2008, the twist uh, topped Billboard's list of the most popular singles to have appeared in the Hot 100 since its debut in 1958. Uh, an honor it maintained for uh, for an August 2013 update of the list. So they they held on to that for a long time. Mm. Um, uh, Chubby Checker received the prestigious Sandy Hosey Lifetime Achievement Award on November 9th of 2013 from the Artist Music Guild. Uh, Checkered was the host 
of the 2013 AMG Heritage Awards and was given the honor during the television broadcast. The award was presented to him by a lifetime, a lifetime, excuse me, a longtime uh, friend and label mate, D.D. Sharp. Now, when you go to a wedding or you go to any type of event that has a DJ playing music and line dances and wants people to get out on the floor in the dance, All right. have you ever been to one and you did not hear them play the twist? No. Exactly. I've always heard that. That is man. why I wanted to include Chubby Checker in this yeah. list so bad is because the dude um, is from South Carolina and, oh gosh, from, I didn't even put he's from in the notes. Springs Gully. Springs Gully, South, Springs Gully, South Carolina. Thank you. I didn't even have that in my notes there. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, the Toadies is from Fort Worth. Uh, so whenever we do our uh, Texas epi- episode, yes, the Texans, um, we'll have to, nice. we'll have to talk about uh, we'll have to talk about Toadies and uh, that, their man. song Possum Kingdom, yes. referencing uh, the yeah. South Carolina town. So cool, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Chubby Checker from the from uh, from South Carolina, being able to pop, even though it was a cover, being able to popularize something that is played at any social event that has a DJ getting people out on the dance floor. The twist is just such a easy. I'm doing it right now. Uh, it's just such an easy dance move. Anybody can get out there and do man. the twist. Just, just twist, got a twist, man. Twist your body. Yep, yep, that's it. And you know that's just it, something. It's something to be very proud of. Yeah. Cool. For sure. So, I've had the chance to see this next artist. Oh, like really? Once, I'm, I'm so jealous. Twice. I'd love. And he's from South Carolina, and he's made. Yeah. The most iconic song ever made. I, I, I guess I, you know. So who right. am I talking about? I'm talking about Edwin McCain. Um, so Edwin Cole McCain, born January twentieth, nineteen seventy. Okay, he's only fifty-one. Nice. Yeah. As an American oh, singer, songwriter, and guitarist, his songs "I'll Be" in nineteen ninety-eight, and I could not ask for more in ninety-nine. Um were radio top 40 hits in the U.S. and five of them out five of his albums have reached the Billboard 200. In all, McCain has released 11 albums, with two of his first being released independently. So he was first an independent artist, and then he signed with the band with the label. Yeah. Into this. Mm-hmm. So McCain graduated from Christ Church. Episcopal School in Greenville, South Carolina, and briefly attended both the College of Charleston and Coastal Carolina University. Mm-hmm. Uh, longtime touring friends with Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, the Edwin McCain Band uh, signed with the same label, Atlantic Records. So in two and uh, deal, by the way, Atlantic right, Records oh, yeah. back in the nineties was yeah. just top notch and uh, uh another like unknown name from you know podunk south carolina right. just happened to make it big uh right there alongside hooting the blowfish who we'll get to later right um also from south carolina just right at the road oh yeah, yeah. making it big in the 90s there you go so in 94 yeah. he recorded his first major label album um honor among the thieves under the lava records imprint uh, which also did Matchbox 20, Kid Rock, and Jewel. Uh, the record was the, was then uh, released in 95. His second album, Misguided Roses, spawned I'll Be, the song. 
Oh, yeah. A major, major, major hit single in 98. Um, everywhere, song, man. Man, that song was everywhere. It still is, you know? Still, oh, yeah. Still Rob still Thomas that said that that was his uh, first dance. Oh, okay. Uh, at his, if, you know, whenever it, he got married was to I'll Be. Nice, nice. The song was also featured in the, on the Chartable album uh, Live in the X Lounge, along with the live version of Solitude. Uh, so it was also featured in the 2000 drama television show Higher Ground, as well mm-hmm. as the 2004 teen flick A Cinderella Story. I've never seen any, either of those. I think a Cinderella story, I'll have to ask Allie, but I think a Cinderella story was a Hillary Duff. Okay, okay. Yeah. Disney movie. That's I could be wrong about that. Yeah, it seemed like I remember that like she's on the the poster with like she's wearing the Cinderella outfit but and she has like on. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. I think, <laughs> I think Chad Michael Murray was also in that movie. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um but yeah, pretty crazy that uh, Edwin McCain is featured in a Disney movie. Yeah, that's true. As well, that's a big deal too because Disney, yeah. Disney is you know the, the market to be you know. So. Oh, I know, I know all about that. <laughs> uh, you go there every, every other. I know week. all about Disney. You go there every other week, you know. So. We're going in next week. Tomorrow, one second. Going in twenty days. Forty-five minutes. Oh, okay. Well, that's for those of you watching on the uh, YouTube channel right now. Um, I have the countdown on my phone. Uh, that is the Death Star. If you're wondering, that is the Death Star above uh, the castle. Um, well, because that just I am pleasant. a Star Wars Disney nerd. Isn't that just pleasant, man? You want to oh, destroy? You want to destroy uh, uh, Disneyland or Disney World with the Death Star? That's awesome. No, I'm gonna out. If I did, my wife would hate me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you kill Cinderella? You know. Uh, I'm sorry, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. So, summer of '99 um, marked the arrival of McCain's third album, Messenger, which included a second top 40 hit. Um, the Diane Warren penned "I Could Not Ask for More," uh, produced by Matt Serletic. Sir Serletic, yeah. I think. Yeah, Serletic, I think, is how you pronounce his last name. Okay, which did Matchbox 20 and Collect the Soul. And mm-hmm. Noel Golden uh, Messenger was recorded at Tree Sound Studio and Southern Tracks in Atlanta, Georgia, as well as a as well as record plant studios in Los Angeles. Uh, I could ask for more, more was also featured on the soundtrack uh, for the ninety nine film Message in a Bottle. Uh, so McCain is also a ship restorer as seen as the former Animal Planet TV series of Flipping Chips. I never watched that, but it sounds interesting. Yeah. That's cool that he has a hobby that he enjoys, you know. Yeah. So on, to, on January 22nd, 2017, McCain sang the American National Anthem at Gillette Stadium for the AFC Championship game between the New England Patriots and Pittsburgh Steelers. On November 29th, though, in 2019, McCain released his first Christmas album, Merry Christmas Baby. Man, he did all the tropes, like all the typical solo tropes. He's featured in movies. He's doing the uh, national anthem at football games. Uh, He's got his Christmas album. um, And uh, 
more power to him, man. I just so proud of to know that somebody from Columbia just made it uh made it big and just actually not got to do all those. Know, you know, not to not, not to start to fight, but uh he's from Charleston, South Carolina. Not yeah, sorry, not yeah. not uh not Columbia, Charleston, South Carolina. That's right. Yep. Charlestown, South Carolina. Yep. Uh, so and he's still going strong, man. He's still he's still doing music and still got uh stuff right. coming out constantly. Yeah, so he, yeah, he has a lot of albums from so let's go through them. His first, yeah, go ahead. His first one was Honor Among Thieves, released in ninety five, Misguided mm-hmm. Roses, 97, Messenger in ninety nine, Far From Over in two thousand one, The Austin Sessions in two thousand three, Scream a Whisper in two thousand four. Lost in America, uh, 2006. Nobody's Fault But Mine, 2008. Mercy Bound, 2011. And Merry Christmas, Baby, like we just said, in 2019. And he's mm-hmm. been working hardcore, too. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's been busy, yeah, no oh doubt. Yeah, yeah. Very, very busy. So. And he's featured in some commercial, some type of, like, PSA, and I can't remember what it's for. I think it might be, like dog shelters or something like that right uh i can't remember exactly um or maybe it's an adoption thing that sounds terrible i can't remember uh-huh. uh, i'm not making fun of it i promise no, you no, i, don't, no, no, I just not. can't remember which one it is but yeah. i remember seeing edwin mccain pop up and uh you know he's got like i know i got a thick accent homeboy's got a thick <laughs> south carolina accent right which and is great, uh, like you know. t-h-i-c-c accent uh, coming out of his face right, yeah. and it's just funny because like I talk like that but like I hear someone else do it and it's on like a normal commercial and I'm like Jeez, Jesus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow dude kind of like anyway, them uh, I've got like no room to talk down 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 south hillbilly boys that's I see right how I sound I sound like yeah. a hick right yeah but hey it is what it is it is yeah. um Let's uh let's breeze. I'm gonna breeze through these honorable mentions before uh, we get to our final uh sub uh, subject of this South Carolina episode. Um, Lee Bryce. I'm sure you're familiar with uh with old Lee Bryce. Have to talk about him. Have to talk about Sumter Boy for a minute because it's you never hear about that. Um, yeah. So uh, Kenneth Mobley Bryce Jr. Uh, he was uh, uh that's his uh given name. Um, was born on June 10th of 1979 right here in Sumter, South Carolina, where I live, um, to Kenneth Sr. and uh, Carlene Bryce, his younger brother, Lewis, who actually Brian, uh, my brother-in-law uh, from the Not Religious podcast, uh, was actually good friends with Lewis um, oh. and said he used to go see like him play live and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lewis was a contestant on uh, the season one of Country Music Television, or CMT, um their show can you do it oh oh nice. <laughs> uh as a child or are you familiar with that show i, I never watched that i didn't watch I, a lot of cmt i think i heard that sort of way back i'm not a country back. music guy yeah i've heard of not. that show though oh, yeah okay yeah. i've never watched it right. um but as a child he played piano and guitar sang in church and wrote his uh wrote his own songs i'm interested to know where he went to church at though i never i didn't look into that yeah um Anyway, he entered and won three different talent contests uh, while he was in high school. I also need to look and see where he attended high school. Um, he attended Clemson University, though. We know about that. So, 
you know, go Tigers or whatever. Uh, on a football scholarship, he played special teams there uh, as the uh, as the long snapper. But after an arm injury, he decided to focus on a country music career. Although he is not listed in, on any official Clemson roster, so right, okay, cool. Um, Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs. Uh, we'll talk about them real quick. Um, this was something I knew about at a young age, and I thought it was so cool because my dad loved Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs. Right. Um, so uh, I knew about this a long time ago. Maurice Williams uh, was born on April 26th of 1938 in Lancaster, South Carolina. His first experience with music was in church, where his mother and sister both performed. This is a common theme that you hear with a lot of these bands. A lot of church themes were in the Bible Belt. That's just the way it is. Everybody's music involvement. I mean, it's mine for you know, for goodness sake, I, I play in church every Sunday. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, um, in the spring of 1959, Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs performed at the University of South Carolina, go Cox, nice. uh, in Columbia. Uh, around that time, the group split and reformed. And then one month later, in the early summer of 1959, the band recorded in uh, Quonset Hut, I yeah. guess is how you pronounce that, yeah. on Shakespeare Road in Columbia. The recording engineer, Homer Vesperman, uh, recorded several tracks that the band had hoped would include a hit. One of the last tracks that they recorded was uh, a song called Stay, which is amazing. And that was their breakout big hit that they had. Um, it's a very, very short song. But that was something that my dad thought was really interesting was he was like, this band recorded this song in Columbia, South Carolina. They're from South Carolina. And it's one of the shortest, like, number one hits that's ever been. Like, the, sh- the really? song itself was very, very short. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and he had apparently j- had just written that song just a couple weeks before. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, James Brown, the James godfather Brown. of soul. Yeah. I-, I don't have a lot of notes about him because everybody knows who James Brown is and you know, hey. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> the godfather of soul was born in Barnwell, South Carolina. Uh, but then he later moved to Georgia where, uh, uh, whenever he was a child. Okay. Um, nice. I believe he's buried in south carolina if i'm not mistaken i should have looked that up I just he buried that. like like in a like a gold car or something i heard that i, I, don't, I don't know if that's, yeah i don't know if that's superstition or like like lore but i heard he was like buried in like a gold cadillac under, I, I don't, i'm not sure i do know that it took a long time for them to bury him after he had passed away i remember hearing that he had died and then it was like over a week before they ever did a funeral or anything so i was like really? y'all need to do something with him quick yeah because he's mm. uh, it's probably yeah. not gonna be good <laughs> um so uh josh turner uh i'm sure you know all about josh turner uh mr josh country turner. music here uh turner was born in hannah south carolina growing up in the church he founded a gospel quartet called thankful hearts where he sang bass in addition to singing the bass in uh baritone parts and choirs um at Hannah Pamplico High School, he spent his time at Francis Mary, uh, excuse me, after Pan- Hannah Pamplico High School, he spent some time at Francis Marion University oh. uh, before moving to Nashville, my Tennessee. Sister, my sister went to Francis Marion. No way. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, but he moved to Nashville to pursue a music career uh, and then enrolled in Belmont University. And after college, uh, his fledging career got a boost. On December 21st, 2001, uh, during his debut on the Grand Ole Opry, where he debuted a song that he wrote uh, called Long Black Train. Everybody, Anybody who knows anything about country music remembers Long, Bra- Long Black Train. Yeah, right. Um, he received a standing ovation in the middle of the song and then sang it again for an encore. 
So big ups to him. Mm. Um, this next one, I didn't know. I had no idea. Marshall Tucker Band. Yes, sir. Uh, an American rock oh. band from Spartanburg. Yeah, little town. Um, little, little yeah, town. very little town. Had no idea. Um, noted for incorporating blues, country, and jazz uh, into an eclectic sound, the Marshall Tucker Band helped establish the Southern rock genre. That's cool. In the early 1970s, uh, the Marshall Tucker in the band's name does not refer to any one band member, uh, but rather a blind piano tuner from Columbia, South Carolina. Huh. Uh, the Marshall Tucker Band's, yeah, isn't that, isn't that cool? Yeah. Um, the Marshall Tucker Band's self-titled debut, produced by Paul Hornsby, was released in 1973 and certified gold in 1975. All the tracks were written by uh, Toy Caldwell, the lead singer, um, including the hit, Can't You See? Um, Probably the best song ever. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it's cool that they were, you know, the uh helped us establish the southern rock like you know the leonard skinner fog hat uh oh, nazareth yeah. all these you know um <laughs> and then finally for the last like little honorable mention that we've got here um actually two more i've got two more honorable mentions real quick right. bear with me yeah. and then i'll let you take the last one okay uh stretch armstrong uh wonderful pump man my sister greta's gonna be very <laughs> thankful that i mentioned stretch armstrong um, stretch armstrong yeah, uh, is a hardcore punk band from Columbia, uh, and the flagship band for We Put Out Records. Uh, they were primarily active from 1992 to 2005. Um, I had no idea they went back that far, though. Uh, yeah. Several of the band members are outspoken Christians, um, but they prefer not to be classified as a Christian band uh, mm-hmm. in some cases. Right. Vocalist Chris McLean. This is also another reason Greta's going to be happy I included this. Vocalist Chris McLean appears on Zayo's. Dude, we got to talk about Zayo one day. We got, we just, we have to. Um, going talking about Christian metal, Zayo is like it, amazing. Yeah. Um, they had a uh a DVD a DVD they put out years ago that my sister Greta gave me, um, to introduce me to the band. I had never heard of them until I watched this DVD called The Lesser Lights of Heaven. It just kind of chronicled their, you know, their whole story. Right. And um, but I remember they have all these interviews from different people. Uh, you know, guys from Every Time I Die and Norma Jean and Under Oath, and they're all talking about Zayo. Well, the singer from Stretch Armstrong pops up, and I was like, Columbia, dude. That's yeah, insane. Right. Um, hey, hey, did you ever have a Stretch Armstrong? Do what? Did I ever? Oh, the toy? Yeah, yeah, no, the, I never. The, 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 no, I did. I did. I did yeah. have a Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Because all the. I stretched him too far, and uh, oh, all and the goo came out of his arm and made a mess yeah i got in trouble oh man yeah yeah i think i might have intentionally punctured his arm to get the because i was really curious as to what was inside Uh, and it was just clear nasty goo that just made a mess Mm. um and then it dry rotted and just was not good yeah um so uh, their most recent recent album which most recent being very uh, a very uh long time ago well put term here yeah because this it was 2005 um they have been quite inactive for a while uh was recorded in, in april and may of 2005 with james paul uh weisner and then released later that uh same year a video for the song the sound of names dropping is such oh, such a good song um was released that year also uh it, it was played a lot on steven's untitled rock show on fuse uh, a long time ago and i always thought that was so cool too when i found out they were from south carolina mm. uh and they were a majority of the band was uh christians thought that was cool okay, yeah, yeah 
Um, so they shared the stage uh, in 2005 also with the famed funk musician George Clinton for whatever reason. I don't really understand what was happening there. Uh, they have uh, mostly been inactive since 2005, reuniting briefly in 2009 for a few benefit shows with Evergreen Terrace and Bane. Uh, if you're really into hardcore, punk, whatever. Right. You know, you know those names well. Uh, last honorable mention I want to throw in here real quick before we get to our final one. Uh, Bill Pinckney, and I almost forgot about Bill Pinckney, and I texted you later uh, today and was like, crap, got to add Bill Pinckney. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Um, especially for me, I have to talk about Bill Pinckney, and I'll tell you why. Uh, so Bill Pinckney, uh, or Willie Pinckney, uh, as he was born, was an American performer and singer uh, um, from... Can you look it up yeah, where he was yeah. from? I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. even include that in my notes here. It's from South Carolina. Uh, Pinkney was also, uh, excuse me, was often said to be the last surviving member of the Drifters, who achieved international fame with numerous hit records. Everybody knows the, the Drifters. Um, he was chiefly responsible for its early sounds. The Drifters have had a strong influence on soul, rhythm and blues, and rock and roll music. Uh, an original, uh, excuse me, as an original group member, Bill Pinkney was a a 1988 inductee into the rock and roll hall of fame, uh, hall of fame with the drifters. Um, in 1954, this is what the, I want to talk about this really bad in 1954, the drifters record. If you're thinking, I don't know who the drifters are. I don't know. Recorded their cover of white Christmas, um, by Irving Berlin. Uh, that version was featured in the 1990 movie home alone. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. It's whenever he's shaving in the yeah. bathroom. Boo -doo, boo -doo, boo -boo. <laughs> yep. So that's Bill Pinckney uh, from South Carolina. Um, and it was also featured in the 1994 Christmas movie, The Santa Claus, which we watch the crap out of every yeah. year. And that's the scene whenever he's cooking, he's like burning the turkey. Right. Uh, yes. In yes. In his house, like, and his kids just sitting there watching him, and he's like spraying yeah. the turkey with the uh, fire extinguisher. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so but, Bill, so Bill Pinkney's from Dazzle, South Carolina. From Dazzle. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so that's we, right. I knew it was so close, but I can't yeah, remember yeah. if it was yeah. Sumter. Yep. Yep. That's right. Very close to now you. in. In like a lot of restaurants around town in Sumter, there's a lot of Bill Pinkney stuff. So I like, I was right. like, I yeah. think he's from Sumter, but I'm not positive on <laughs> right. that. So I'm no, glad he's, he's very, glad very you close found that. Yeah, yeah. Very close, right over there in that Dazzell. Yeah. Um, my dad was a huge Drifters fan, okay. so I forgot all about that. Yeah. When I used to work on the or helped out with the radio station that my dad used to, you know, do a show with um, Grady Brown. Anyone who's listening to this, you know, mm. Grady Brown that's from Bishopville. Um, he had a beach music, uh, you know, old R and B shag, uh, right, type right, of, yeah. uh, radio station. And I used to help with that a lot. Um, but my dad was a big part of that as well. So the drifters have always had a really special place in my heart just because that was a, a, a band my dad loved a lot. Um, and he was really proud of the fact that Bill Pinkney was from South Carolina. Cool. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, your dad has has great taste in music, man. Yeah, man. Drifters is, he, like, he, <laughs> Drifters is it, you know. Yeah, my dad was a big Drifters fan. He loved Temptations. Uh, he loved all the old doo stuff. stuff. Yes. Yeah, got me into a lot of that stuff whenever I was young. Uh, Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs. I remember, like, I mean, nobody 
I mean, if you listen to the song, you're probably like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. But right. like, that was yeah. just something he was so proud of. He was like, they recorded it in Columbia and it's one of the shortest, <laughs> it's one of the shortest hit songs that's ever been recorded. And it's like, yep, got it. <laughs> got it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, All right. Take us, take us out with our final, our final subject here, James. I've so, been rambling way too much. Oh, well, that's fine. Cause, you know, I, I like to hear you talk because, <laughs> like, like most of the bands, you know, I've, um, you know, like to do. I, I, I always like talking music to you because you introduced me yeah. to some man I've never even heard of. I know? can't shut up. <laughs> that's that's good. That's why I got you on this podcast with me. Yeah, I'm a music one. nerd, man. Yeah, music you know, nerd. You know. So uh, I'm gonna say these are these guys are the OG of the uh, South Carolina. Um, uh, uh, yeah, they they live in South Carolina. I don't, I, I don't know the correct word for it. Oh, listen. Okay, so. This this is how I put it to Allie. Okay. I was like, all right. I said, I want you to think about all the singers and bands that are from South Carolina. Right. And what is what is the first one that pops into your mind? Boom. She got it, right? She, she says, got Hootie yep. and the Blowfish. Like, yep. We're going to save Hootie and the Blowfish for last. That's the one that everybody knows. Well, see, okay. So I, I remember to this day, I was watching either like a YouTube channel or I seen it on TV, right? Um, the, 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 there's an interview with uh, Darius Rucker, right? And she called yeah. him Hootie, and she said, and he says, <laughs> I am not, not Hootie. I'm not Hootie. Please not stop Hootie. calling me Hootie. Uh, but, but yeah, but like, everybody, like, cause, because the band is known as yeah. the Blowfish, and Hootie yep. is a singer. They thought that Hootie was a singer. They know. I'm not, I'm uh, Bill Pinckney and the Drifters, Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs. Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> right, yeah. So he's like, not I am not, 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 not Hootie. Yeah. Okay, so Hootie and the Blowfish is an American rock band that was formed in Columbia, South Carolina in, in 1986. And that's a long time. I know. Um, I had no idea. Me neither. Uh, so the band's lineup of its most existence has been the quartet of Darius Rucker, Mark Byron. Did I say that right? Byron. Uh, Mark, no, no, Mark Bryan. Mark yep. Bryan. I, Byron, I, I can't read the day. Uh, Dean Felber and Jim Stone Stonefield. Uh, the band uh, went on hiatus in, two, in 2008 <laughs> um, until, until they announced plans for a full reunion tour in 2019 and released their first studio, their first new studio album in 14 years called Imperfect Circle. 14 years, man. Oh, man. Yeah, because yeah, um, we're going to talk about what Darius Rucker has been, this has been doing since then. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. As of 2019, the band has has charted 16 singles on various Billboard singles charts and recorded six studio albums. Their, deb- de- their debut album, Cracked Review, came out in 94, is the 19th best-selling album of all time in the, in the United States. That is insane. And it went certified platinum twenty one times, you know. Broke C- certified the, platinum. The top twenty best selling albums of all time in the United States. Alone. Top twenty. Alone, yeah. Yeah. Unreal. But the the group was pop, was also popular in, in Canada, having three number one singles in the country. So they broke Beat me, man. They, Don't know why. <laughs> right. Yeah. Canada is so nice, though. Everybody from Canada is real nice. Yeah. 
And how can you not like Hootie and the Blowfish? Actually, my dad did not like Hootie and the Blowfish. Just want to put that out there. Was he there was a not a fan. Why? He was not a fan. I think it had something to do with the fact that he probably heard I Only Want to Be With You probably a billion times because my yeah. sister was a huge Hootie and the Blowfish fan. Right. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so and, he got tired uh, of the phone. Sister Lee. Yeah. yeah, Lee Lee was a big Hootie and the Blowfish, Hootie and the Blowfish, Dave Matthews Band, all those you know those guys. So yeah. she he probably just got sick of of hearing "I Only Want to Be with You." Yeah. Be honest with you, if I had to hear it on repeat, I probably would be the same way. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Darius Rucker and Mark uh, Ryan, a uh, man in Columbia, South Carolina, in the mid '80s, uh, when they were both freshmen at University of South Carolina, homegrown Carolinians, right? Yeah. Uh, so Brian, which is the guitar player, I uh, heard heard uh, Rucker singing in the showers of the dorm. Uh, they shared and was impressed by his vocal ability. Uh, the pair the pair began playing cover tunes as the Wolf Brothers. Eventually, they collaborated. Yeah. Eventually, they collaborated with bassist Dean Felber, a former high school bandmate of Brian's. And Brantley Smith, the drummer, and yeah, so we, they they re, uh, they got Brantley to play drums. So in in uh, 1986, they adopted the name Hootie and the Blowfish, a con uh, a uh, conjunction of the nickname of two of their college friends. Uh, the band is routinely featured in articles and polls about badly named bands. <laughs> Rucker, <laughs> that is a horrible band name. Proud of them. That's a horrible band name. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to, to, to be named Hootie, but they also name be named as a bluefish. A bluefish is a puffer fish, right? The, yeah. Fish yep. that blows up and yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, Rucker, this is what I was talking about. Rucker is often mistaken as being the Hootie in the band's name. Uh, so Smith left the group after finishing college to pursue uh, music ministry, uh, but he has made uh, scattered guest appearances with the band, um, which he played cello on the MTV Unplugged performance in '96, and played drums on at uh, Gruen Hall in Gruen, Texas, on June 27, 2008. Uh, Smith was replaced by by Jim Sonny Sonfield. The band <laughs> lineup has remained the same ever since. I just want to say something real quick. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember the Lexington Blowfish, the yes, uh, I do. baseball team. Right. Huh. You know, okay, obviously. Just... Oh, good. They, they named their baseball team. You know the Let's to Blowfish. Um, so you made mention about like it's being uh, it 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 was uh, one of the worst band names on a list of you know right. Uh, so in just when I googled it just real quick uh, about the Let's to Blowfish because I couldn't remember where they were based out of, but I remember the baseball team, the Blowfish. Uh, people also search for the Savannah Bananas um, and the Macon Bacon. So if you're thinking that the Blowfish not only was a bad band name, maybe you thought it was a bad baseball name, uh, team name, uh, 
I think the Savannah Bananas probably took that. I don't know. I can't decide if Savannah Bananas or Macon Bacon is the uh, the the worst there. But well, I love bacon, so I'm going to say the the the, the okay. Savannah Bananas. Well, I love bananas. Okay. So, so. Okay. Well, I also love bacon. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, so, <laughs> so in 2008, record announced in an AOL session. Do you remember a American Online session? You. There yeah. were so many good, uh, so many good videos that I found yeah. of uh, of bands playing the AOL session. Yeah. So cool. So, and for those of you who don't know what AOL even stands for, America Online, which you hop on there and you you can hop on uh, the Instant Messenger. You had your aim like uh, handle, uh, whatever your name was, and you hop on there. Mine was Big Daddy Blake Mo. Um, <laughs> I didn't make it. I didn't make it. I, I, I will. I will say I would not have chosen that name. The reason it was Big Daddy Blake Mo is because a friend of mine set it up for me, and he wanted to call it oh, Big no. Daddy Blake Mosley. Yeah. But oops, excuse me. Um, but there was not enough room in the display name, so it just came up as Big Daddy <laughs> Blake Mo. Right. And he ran out of characters and he just kept it. And he just was like, All right, that's your name. And then I could never figure out how to change it. So anyway, stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Big Daddy Blake Moe has a great name, to be honest with you. You might have to change my name from Brosley to Big Daddy Blake Moe. I think so. I think we will. Okay. <laughs> so um in the AOL sessions interview, uh that Hootie and the Blowfish would be going on hiatus. So Brecker could pursue his solo career as a country music performer. Great move. Um, yeah, because he did good. some fantastic. He did a songs. good job. Yeah, yeah. So although the band will no longer be recording or touring, a record record confirmed that they will still perform their scheduled charity concerts. Stating, "We have four charity gigs every year, and we will still do them, but." We will not do a record or tour, which is sad because, man. Yeah. Um, so, record also said that the split will last four, five to six years or until I record three or four albums, country albums. He later uh, uh, amended the statement saying, to be honest with you, there is, we're not even splitting up right now. And, we, and we're not really thinking about splitting up. So, that's good. You know, yeah, and there's some remaining friends. You know, so he uh, he also has stated on um, on a solo uh, album, um, "Learning to Live" for Capitol Records. Uh, it includes the singles "Don't Think I Don't Think About It." Uh, it won't be like this for long. All right. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, so all three of those have reached number one on the U.S. Hot Country Songs charts. And this, they, they didn't even have this listed on that on that list there. But this is a wonderful. He did a great job with that one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big country fan. I'm not. Uh, I I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just right. not a big country guy. Yeah. Um. And uh, but I love Darius Rucker. Uh, I love Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> so whenever he was starting to put out some country songs, and I heard a few of them, uh, it won't be like this for long. Is a good one. Um. And then this that was my that was my i was like darius rucker man he's he's crossed over and i'm here for that i'll right, take it right so uh the, the song um history in the making which peaked at number three on the u.s hot country song charts 
So yeah, he's he's been killing it on the on the on the country charts, yeah. you know. So Worker's second solo album, um, Charleston S C nineteen sixty six was released on October twenty ten. Uh, a third solo album, True Believers, was released on May in May twenty thirteen. Uh, that album included Worker's cover version of Wagon Wheel, which hit number Ooh, one. Yeah. I tend to okay, so with that song, I, I'm 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 starting not to like it because like like you said, it gets repeated over and over. You hear it a lot, and some of these radio oh. stations need to lay off. I mean, it's just right. too much. So before before Darius Rucker did a cover of Wagon Wheel, I was not even familiar with who sang that song. I knew Old Crow Medicine. All right, yes, Old everyone Crow. knows, but and I know the Bob Dylan story he wrote like part of it and old crow medicine show made a different version of it. Right. It's like part, it's like partly based on a Bob Dylan song. Old crow medicine show made it popular, made it what it is known for now. And then Darius Rucker broke it into the mainstream. Right. However, I was playing music with a guy, uh, my buddy, Andrew, who kind of was, you know, just did his own solo thing, I guess. And, um, but I would play with him just playing drums, you know, out and about or whatever. We played Wagon Wheel probably a billion times. <laughs> yeah. And I had never even heard the song. I only knew it just from playing with him. And I was like, that's a good, it's a good catchy song. Yeah. For a while, I thought it was an original song of his because, but then like everyone started singing along to it. And I right. was like, this must be someone else's song. And then I just, finally realized who it was one day and I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then Darius Rucker did his version and it blew up and it was yeah. great. And they yeah. had the guys from duck dynasty in the music video or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so wagon wheel, which hit number one on us country charts. Um, and which also was massive crossover pop hit, just like you said. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. uh, the Christmas theme home for the holidays album, uh, followed in 2014. And a fourth st- solo album, Southern Style, which came out in March 2015. So he's been working hard too, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so on December three, December three, December third, 2018, <laughs> uh, the band announced a 44 city group therapy tour with Bare Naked Ladies in 2019 to commemorate the 25th anniversary of the release of Crack Review. Bare naked ladies is, is something to um see, you know, if they come to yeah. your town. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, the tour began on May thirtieth, twenty nineteen in Virginia Beach and concluded in September thirteenth in their hometown Columbia, South Carolina. Uh they also <laughs> signed a new record deal with UMG Nashville. Uh their sixth studio album, Hoodie and Boyfish album, um Imperfect Circle was released on November 1st, 2019. In in April 2020, the band released uh, a cover version of R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion, which which I've not heard yet. It is good. Oh, yeah. It's great. I'm going to check that out. We have to. Okay, Cover Wars. We're going to have to do uh, Losing My Religion. There's a few different ones we can choose from. Uh, We'll have to definitely do Hootie and the Blowfish, but The Wonder Years also does a wonderful, wonderful job of covering... Losing my religion. Well, we'll add that together. to the list. Yes. Cover wars. Yeah, write it down. Add it, I'm going to add it to the list right now. Please do that. 
Oh, yeah. So on February 27th, 2021, Post Malone, po- Post Malone, Post Malone, Post Malone man. sang a cover version of I Only Want to Be With You in honor of Pokemon Day and the <laughs> franchise's 25th anniversary in a virtual concert. Man, Post Malone can do anything, you know. I love this. It's, did you ever think you would ever say in one feature uh, Hootie and the Blowfish Post Malone and Pokemon in the same sentence because you just did. I know, dude. <laughs> and I'm not a Pokemon. Lo- I, I can't. I, okay, not not to offend anyone, but I'm probably going to. I don't like. Oh. I, I never understood the um, the lore of a Pokemon. To be honest. Oh with you. man, I was I was a Pokemon kid. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've still I'm got sorry. a ton of cards. I want to go through them. I'm sure there's some that's worth a lot of money. Yeah. Well, you're we'll not see. a you're not a country fan. I'm not a Pokemon fan. Let's just call it even. Man, we're just yep. We'll just we'll draw the line right. Yeah, there. It's all good. It's all good, man. All good. Yeah. So yeah, all um, good. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I mean, I I loved um Hootie and the Blowfish ever since Crack the Review. I must yeah. play that. I, I must play the whole album through and through. And I think I, I think I'm like messed up CD playing it. I don't know, but but yeah, <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish was it for me back in the day. You know, wore it out. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think the concluding with Hootie and the Blowfish and Darius Rucker, um, you know, the same thing, the same like typical musical tropes, or at least a successful <clears throat> artist tropes uh, that that you would come across. You start out in your your hometown, you make it big, uh, you put your hometown on the map. Um, your band uh, goes you know, multi-platinum with uh, a debut album. You have a very successful musical, uh, successful musical career. Then you break off and do a solo career and that's very successful. Right. You do your, you know, you're featured in TV shows and you're singing the national anthem. You're putting out Christmas albums. You do a big reunion tour with another band that was big around your time, bare naked ladies. Um, and, uh, then you're included, uh, in the Pokemon soundtrack. (laughs) Well, see, no, I, I think like just just the fact that they're from South Carolina and they're they stayed in South Carolina and they're proud to be from South Carolina yeah. and they're all big USC fans and they live in Charleston, uh, you know, just the that whole thing. They're they're proud of their home state and they make everybody that is from their home state proud of them. Right. Um, even right. if they're not big fans, like my dad wasn't a big Hootie and the Blowfish fan. Right. But he thought it was just very neat that they were very proud of where they came from. Right. Um, and they love to tell people, uh, and they're, they're very genuine. Yeah. Like I remember, all right, college football fans, bear with me for just a second. 2019 season of uh, South Carolina football. We're not doing that great. We're playing uh, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, everybody remembers it. It all came down to one final field goal. The guy, you know, he's one of the best kickers. Uh, the guy from uh, Atlanta uh, or from uh, Georgia, he's uh, one of the best kickers in the country. Kicked it over just a little bit too far left. He oh. missed the field goal. South Carolina ended up winning the game. It was such a big deal because Georgia was ranked number three uh, at that time. Everybody, all us South Carolina fans were freaking out. There's a video of Darius Rucker watching that video and just like tearing up. And he was oh. so proud of, of his Gamecocks. And yeah. it was just a very, very, very sweet video nice. uh, to watch. And it shows you that he really does care about his home state. 
uh, his favorite football team, and he's just proud of where he comes from. So, very genuine. I really like Darius Rucker. We need to have him on the show. Oh, well, if I can. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we can get it, you know, we'll get it. um, Yeah, but it's something to be said that you can start a a very, very successful band within Hootie and then go off on your own and start a solo career. You know, not everybody can do that because I know that Danny Warshnop was the lead singer for Asking Loud Alexandria, moved into country, didn't really quite get it, and then he, he came back to Asking. So what a not, weird time. Yeah, yeah. Very odd. So not everybody can do what Darius Rucker accomplished in, in since 1989 or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um. Well, yeah, uh, James, I'm I'm proud to be from South Carolina. I don't know, uh, you know how you how you feel about this state of ours. Yeah. Um. No. I know, I I know you're a you're a Texas dude and a South Carolina dude and and um you know I'm from but, both uh, I'm from both worlds you're, you're you from know? both yeah, yeah. claiming both man because then you, you can be like well yeah dude Toadies Pantera whatever oh, like, yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, yeah Texas yeah. everything's bigger in Texas upon a burning upon a burning body yes um, we'll have to talk about them yes yeah, um so. but yeah I think uh I think South Carolina is great I think there's a lot of music in South Carolina that you just you weren't aware of was from here and it's uh it's definitely something to be proud of. Right. Um, and uh, the music scene that's just around, that's not even broken into the mainstream yet is also just very good. Support your local music. Go see when your favorite band comes to town, go see the opening bands. Yeah. Please go support. You would not believe how many times I've watched a band open for another band that I was really wanting to see that night. And I fell in love with them. It's just, right. it's, and sometimes it's a local band. Yeah. And you just never thought that you would, yeah. uh, you know, it was just like the stars aligned and you, you have now discovered this new band. You can support local music. You can be proud of where they're from. And it's just, it's cool, man. Please go to your, see your opening bands. Uh, Brian said he used to back in the nineties, he used to go see uh, um, Hootie and the Blowfish and, you know, Matchbox 20 was opening for them. That was, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. that was a big deal. By the way, all right. So this is what I need to mention, and I'll and we'll we'll close out here in just a minute. Rob Thomas is not from South Carolina. He's not. I want to put that out there. I thought he was He's from Maine. Here's what happened. Okay. The dude was born in Germany, I believe. Oh. Uh, <laughs> a, really? Right, and moved oh, wow. to Lake City. He moved to Lake City at the age of like two years. He was two years old. Uh, his parents split up. He lived in Lake City for about two or three years, something like that. And then moved to Georgia. Okay. That's the story. So that's all. So, why so I was like, Oh so, my God, all these, all these years I've heard people talk about Rob Thomas was from Manning. Yeah. I, and yeah, I was yeah. like, Oh, that's cool. Nope. No. Lake city for a very short period of time as a toddler moved to Florida, made it big in matchbox 20 later. And he was born in German, G- Germany. I think it was Germany. If I remember my notes correctly, uh, I believe it said it, he was born in Germany. His Thanks. father, his dad was like in the service or something yeah, and was yeah. you know stationed in Germany or something like that. So well, the things you find out, yeah. you know, so good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So, yeah. uh, thanks everybody for listening in to today's show. Uh, be yeah. sure to share this with your friends and family and your cousins and aunts and your babies and every, everybody. 
as you know. Anybody that has <laughs> ear holes. Yeah, so so we're available, right? Yeah, so we're available on the Apple Podcast and much, much more on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast from. And please be sure to leave a rating and a review as uh, if you'd like to see us grow and get more um, more interviews. Um, so you can follow us on on on, on Instagram at One Word Fail Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at WWF. MS podcast, Twitter, uh, when words fail MS, and you can always email us at when words fail podcast at gmail.com. We are on YouTube at youtube.com slash when words fail music speaks, and our website as always when words fail music speaks.com. Yeah, um, yeah, go, uh, go follow us on all the things, check out our YouTube channel, uh, there's a lot of uh, our interviews um, that uh, we've done that James has done um, that are on there. Um, you can see our beautiful faces um, and uh, check out our website uh, for little bios about us. I love that. I love that you yeah. have those up there. Yeah. Um, I haven't checked out our website in a while. I need to refresh my memory. Well, of it what does, the website it does need to be rearranged. Um, you know, it's, it's been up there for, I haven't changed anything, so we we need to hire somebody. All to, good. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll hire some people. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, you can uh, you can follow me on social media on Twitter, the uh, the Instagram Blake underscore Mosley M O S E L E Y. It's a little different. Uh, and then you can check check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mosley M O S E L E Y Y Y. Watch some drum videos uh, that I have up there. And um, I think that's the only place you can find me. Right. Cool. Thank God. Thank God. I'm James Cox, and this is my 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 partner in crime, Rosalie, also known as what pimp daddy mo pimp daddy broke what what is it again? Big Big Daddy Blake Mo. Blake Mo. Big Daddy Blake Mo. That sounds a lot better than than Rosalie, to be honest with you. You just you've still got Sugar Daddy Superstar or whatever Crossfade's original name was stuck on the brain. I wasn't in that band. <laughs> right. Yeah. So okay, y'all. So thank you for listening to episode ninety-two, I believe. I, I said it at the beginning of the show. But um always remember, um uh, when words fail. Music speaks. See y'all. Bye guys. <laughs>